So welcome to another edition of Defense Theory with Mark, a.k.a. Bit, and me, Valid. Uh Today we have a very special guest for you guys. Uh, with us we have a songwriter, producer, vocalist, multi-instrumentalist, DJ, who's hit the decks at major venues from Ultra to EDC to Holy Ship to Cross to even Splash Out. And here with us is the talented Abtrack. How are you, man? I'm doing fine. How are you guys? Thanks for having me. Good. Thank you for joining. Um, just to get started, why don't you give us like a, a brief overview of how you got involved with music and whether or not you got started with electronic music and if not electronic music, like what? Give us the Amtrak journey. I grew up in a small town called Moorhead. It's in Kentucky, and uh, my dad raised me on like classic rock from like Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd golden earring and things like that when I was a little kid. And then I started tinkering around with a keyboard and was in like various bands in high school that kind of sounded like Figaro's and Mogwai, more like post-rock influence. But then once everyone graduated, it was pretty hard to keep a band together. So I started doing solo work and then that time I had found like the Prodigy, the Chemical Brothers, more like breakbeat influence electronic music. Yeah, so a lot of our viewers I'm sure are budding artists here at UCLA. I'm pretty sure there's a big group of us still trying to learn um, and learn the ropes. And so we're just wondering what kind, uh, what pieces of music instruments or equipment did you learn specifically on and what did you progress to eventually? Yeah, so you mentioned like a keyboard, but was there any guitar in there or anything else? Uh, yeah, a little bit of acoustic guitar, but mainly the keyboard. But I never learned how to read music. It was all just kind of play by ear, like mentality with how I went about it. Like what made it more of like an escape for me to like work on music and not so much like uh, anything related pertaining to like a work environment or anything like that. It's like just for having fun, I guess, at first, and then it like grew into what it is now. Were you a fan of living in a small town in Kentucky, or was music kind of your creative outlet in that environment? Or yeah, music definitely. I mean, skateboarding was first, and then music took over. But uh, yeah, I, I guess I didn't really know about like I, I wasn't making music to make it or like have it as a career by any means living in such a small town was like it didn't seem like a, a feasible thing to achieve it was just like kind of like a fantasy thing or if you if you were to make it in music but then once I like traveled more and stuff more doors opened up and it became yeah I guess I live in Los Angeles now so it's true <laughs> yeah so, so you just like naturally kind of broke out of Kentucky or did you just pick up your bags one day and move, or or how did that um, come about? Once I started DJing, I was kind of traveling from, like, city to city. That was, like, just around my, like, like Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana, and, like, making no money, but just driving mad far to do a DJ set and, like, kind of experiencing, like, the city life, I guess you could say, because... My hometown is very small. Everything shuts down at like 9 p.m. There's no nightlife whatsoever. So I was doing that regularly, but 
that was just kind of like a dead end for me at the time. And then I got an offer to go on tour with someone in Florida from like the record label slash management company that picked me up that still manages me today. They had me go on tour with Steve Aoki for like a few dates and then that opened more doors. And like at the time I was like, so like grateful for that because it was just like something way more like upper echelon than what I was doing. Yeah, that had to be pretty thrilling. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was a pretty exciting like, little tour for me. And like I saw how a lot of, of like bigger cities worked and like proper nightclubs and things like that. So uh, when you were touring around, how was it to just play club after club? How would you look for new music and try to tailor your sets for each different town you went to? I think that's just like a passion for always wanting to search for like music in general. Like I, I didn't look still to this day. I don't really look at it as a job. It's more as just like something I have to do. To you like, just stumbled across something and you, you just got to play it sometimes or. Yeah, it's just, I'm all, yeah, like the collect, my collections is always growing. So it's, yeah, it gets more deep and deep. And then when I usually have just like an excessive amount of music with me when I play and I don't really plan sets. Nice. So it's just more like reading the room, seeing what like people are into, what would work. So if you plan a set that like you're dead set on and you show up and the crowd is like, it's just not that vibe. It's it's kind of a train wreck at the night. Yeah. Because then you don't have anything else to play. Yeah. So um, another question that I was actually wondering about is what what, what program do you prefer? Do you uh, stick with Tractor Box, Tractor, Serato? Um, I just throw my songs on a USB and that's it. I don't really analyze the music or anything like that. It's kind of more looking at it from like a vinyl standpoint. Just so wherever there's a DJ, put the needle on the record. <laughs> yeah, the pretty yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> and is that how you started, or did you start on something else? Uh, I started doing like a live electronic show, which I'm like shifting back into, which I want to start next year on like a tour I'm planning. But yeah, I'm try to get more out of the DJ world again. But I started with like an NPC, like a Chaos Pad, a Monome laptop and like a sampler on the side and it was uh yeah it was like way more rewarding for me than uh djing but yeah, it's like a, a lot more work that's basically like a live i mean that is a live set instead of like yeah yeah it was more like a, just a live electronic set instead of djing but i love djing now just as much but the shift into it was a bit weird at first because it's like you're not new there's a lot of standing around <laughs> so what genre do you think is like most influential in either electronic music or just music in general like if you had to pick a subgenre of electronic what would be the, the most influential right now nah, that, that's hard to say i'm not really sure depends on what city and everything you're talking about it changes from territory to territory but like i think house music is extremely big right now and like influential across the board to radio to underground to um 
Yeah, I think house, I would say. Just house in general. But that's yeah. kind of broad because people have tech house, deep house. Yeah. But I kind of, it gets hairy for me because some people like uh, category, like categorize a song as deep house, but somebody else won't think it is. And it's just, in the end, yeah. it's just house music. So. Yeah, I actually think, I think your music is pretty difficult to categorize because it's, it's kind of like this deep house, but it has a little bit, there's like some tech house vibes, but use a lot of vocals too, which is pretty rare for that kind of subsection of music. And I, I find it hard to categorize your sound. Like it doesn't really fit into any particular area, which I, I think that is a good sign. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that description. I kind of like to be, I don't know, just in between everything. Speaking of categorization, is there a way you particularly organize your music in folders or anything? Absolutely not. My everything <laughs> is, is very disorganized, and the names on my files are very crazy and make me <laughs> anyone except myself. Yeah, it works for me. So. Yeah, fairly does. Yeah. Can you tell us like how? Uh, you got hooked up with Cascade for that. For what's the backstory behind that song? Because we we both actually really like that song. We oh, are huge fans. Um, he reached out to have me support him on his Atmosphere tour, which was like a big arena tour, which right. was a crazy opportunity for me as well. Which was like super mega shows that I've never played venues that big and. After yeah. that, we just became close friends, and I think he sent me some stems, and we just like made that track on a whim over email for the most part. But yeah, it ended up coming out, which was like pretty pretty exciting. So is that how most collabs go nowadays? Just sending uh, parts of the songs back and forth, trying to iterate over each other? Um, it depends, I guess. Some people have, like work differently. They like have to be in the studio with the other person like get things done but I'm like more of a secluded type of like producer I guess I like to spend a lot of time with the sounds and with them on my own which could be like tedious to do in the studio because I mean there's certain things like if you're working with a vocalist I think it's pretty important to be in the studio with them in the same room so you can hash out the idea like fluently but with like just producing like a house record or dance record there's a lot of like like i said like tedious hitting the space bar a million times over and over again sometimes that's better to have somebody do that on their side and then send it back to you and you do it some and then like by the end you have like something special that you've created so like speaking of collab one artist that has always kind of stuck out as similar and potentially a, a good match would be like yato from anjuna deep have you ever considered doing a collab with him, or? Um, uh, I, I, I could be open to that, I guess. But yeah, his stuff's really cool. I don't know him personally. Is there anyone that like you really want to collab with that you haven't yet? A dream collab? Uh, like Serious Mo. That's probably number one. Interesting. He's, so he's what like, genre? I'm not too familiar. Seriously, he's uh, like a Berlin-based artist, but oh, okay. uh, puts out stuff on Mode Selector's label, Monkey Town. And, uh, yeah, he's like one of the most 
talented producers, in my opinion. Like the mix and the sound selection he uses is just like insane. He's number one. He's been number one for a long time for me. Wow. So I'm guessing you've gone out in Europe and played all over there too as well, right? A bit. Not too much. Not as much as I'd like, but yeah, some. So is there a particular uh, party, club, or bar anywhere uh, that sticks out in your mind that you prefer to play at? Hmm. I don't know. There's, there's so many. <laughs> New York, New York is cool. I really, I really yeah. like a lot of spots in New York. I'm, it's not like any one club in particular. It's more like the cities that I'm attached to and the people that come out. Hmm. So I'll play multiple different venues in the city, but like, yeah, San Francisco right now is really good. New York, LA is great. Montreal is a really cool city. Miami's great. Austin, Texas, great city, great people. Interesting. Montreal kind of surprises me. I don't know why, but Montreal's that's kind of surprising. Uh, what what's been your biggest like oh fuck moment when you were performing? Have you like is there a moment where you stick out where you're like man I really screwed up or or you just roll with it? Um, I played a showcase in Miami one time and. Jock Green went on after me, and he was, like, two minutes into this, like, super ambient, like, beautiful intro, no drums, and I went up and held down the eject on what I thought was my flash flash drive, about pretty, like, I felt like the worst person. (laughs) Damn. We're chill, man. It's all good. Yeah. We, we, barely, we, we barely knew each other at the time, too. All right. Oh, man. It was rough. That's funny. <laughs> and what's, uh, do you have, like, a dream venue that you want to play in that you haven't played in yet? Fabric in London. Oh, Fabric. Nice. That's a good answer. Never played. So. Fortunately, yeah, fortunately, you still have the opportunity to do that. Yeah, they, they reopened. Yeah. It's exciting. The fabric mixes were always like a big go-to thing at the record store when I was younger, too. I always picked those up. And they, like, they actually produce like CDs or vinyls of fabric mixes? Yeah, there's, there's like a CD. I don't know if they're on vinyl, but they're definitely on CD. And they're, they're quite high in the numbers right now, in the hundreds, but a lot of really... Talented people have made a fabric mix. I would highly recommend those. So what's a, what's a day in the life of Amtrak like? Uh, I wake up relatively late recently. I've been sleeping in quite a bit. I go get a coffee and then go over my emails. And then I sit down and at the keyboard and try to write some kind of melody or chord progression or something. At least, like, at the beginning of the day, and I'll start opening sessions of things I'm working on and uh, see what strikes my ear to, like, get me uh, excited about something. But making music, like, all day, for the most part, recently. If I'm not playing the show, it's, like, in the studio. What's, like, your your ultimate dream for Amtrak? Where, where could you, if you... 
if you had a vision for the future for yourself, what what would it include? Maybe it's like starting a record label or like an Amtrak like festival. Yeah, festival seems insane, but uh, <laughs> I just started a record label, so that's like coming to fruition, which is like exciting for me and like Bingo. really like involved with all the creative aspects of the label with the art to the music and just recently going to start signing people like it's only been an outlet for myself so far so i'm excited to start working with other artists and see what i can do for them and hopefully just uh make it work but yeah it's a, it's a, it's a lot of work yeah but so now we have a guest mix for you amtrak will be playing at the standard on june 2nd that is at nighttime and then he'll also be performing at Spin Nightclub on June 10th, and then also at Splash House 2017 in Palm Springs. So there's plenty of opportunity to see Amtrak in the Southern California area, so please check it out and enjoy the mix. We'll be back. <laughs> 